is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. Every Wednesday, I talk to a different expert about the tools you need to get the work you want. Find Your Dream Job is brought to you by Top Resume. Top Resume has helped more than 400,000 professionals land more interviews and get hired faster. Get a free review of your resume today. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. When you work for a diverse and inclusive organization, you get exposed to different ideas. You're also encouraged to share your own opinions, and you're more likely to learn new skills. But how do you find an employer like this? Victor Cato is here to talk about how to find an inclusive workplace. He's the Talent Acquisition and Retention Manager for the Northwest Regional Education Service District. Victor has also worked as a classroom teacher, higher education professional, and a state administrator. He joins us from Portland, Oregon. Well, let's get started, Victor. What do you mean when you talk about an inclusive workplace? Yeah, an inclusive workplace, um, in in my own personal description, is one where an employee um, can thrive, one where they feel like they're a part of the culture, um, they feel well-supported, they see people who look like them, there is opportunity, um, and they feel included and fulfilled. To me, that is what an inclusive workplace represents. Well, are are most workplaces inclusive, Victor? In large, I think um, most organizations try to be inclusive, or at least they will say that publicly. Um, that's where the, as far as the job search goes, where it becomes really critical for the prospective applicant to really do their research um, and to uh, do the um, digging to know really how sincere is this organization about their equity work. Um, there are a lot of organizations in the past year who came out with these bold um, equity and inclusion statements, um, but the work was really superficial and there's a lot more um, to that search um, from the applicant side that they need to be looking for. Do you think that uh, more and more employers are making inclusivity a priority? I do think so. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, diversity, we know that it's good for business. Um, it brings a lot of benefit to an organization. Um, but it isn't just about hiring diverse hires. It's really about changing the culture of an organization and making sure that folks feel supported Um, and fulfilled. What does a supportive and fulfilling culture look like? You know, it's one where the employee um, has an opportunity. I'll start there, an opportunity to keep growing as an individual um, for who they are and what they represent. Their unique talents and background um, is appreciated and respected and valued. Um, I think that piece is probably the most important um, aspect of an inclusive workplace for an employee. So what are the barriers that prevent uh, this from happening? Because these are admirable admirable goals, Victor, uh, you know, uh, supportive uh, workplace. Uh, Why doesn't it happen? Yeah. DEI Work Mac is um, a marathon and not a sprint. It's hard uh, culture shifting work. Um, And I think a lot of organizations often kind of default to what's the 10 step program or the magic elixir that's going to make us more inclusive. Um, But it doesn't happen that way. It's really a transformation in the culture. Um, And it takes time and a lot of effort 
um, to really get there. So I think that's probably the biggest barrier for a lot of organizations. It's not uh, that they're not interested most of the time, um, but it's because it's hard and they just don't know where to start or how to do it. I want to talk about how you find an inclusive workplace, but uh, before we jump into that, is it hard to find these employers, Victor? You know, I'm not going to say it's difficult, but I will say from the applicant side, it is a critical piece to actually look at each organization individually and what um, review critically what you can find out about them. And are there warning signs as you begin this search that an employer might not be inclusive that you should pay attention to? I think the way an, an applicant is treated during the recruitment process absolutely indicates what their employee experience is going to be. Um, there, we see, we're beginning to see an infusion of culturally responsive practice in the recruitment process. And so I think from the applicant piece, looking for some of those cues and how you know, they navigate the space um, could be a good indication of um, where this organization falls on that line. Can you share an example or two of, of, one of what one of those cues might look like, a, a negative experience that might signal an employer's inclusive? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've started to do over the years, um, or at least I, I learned of this practice a, a while back and have tried to implement it in all the organizations I work at, and the, it's the notion of giving an applicant the questions before an interview. Um, and the idea behind this, for me, is really the, the diversity of thought, um, knowing that not all of us think the same way. Some of us are not linear thinkers. And an interview is really a performance, but it's based on this linear model. You ask the question, and the respondent answers. The interviewer listens to the response based on what they think they should be hearing. That's to me, a very linear process and doesn't leave a lot of room for the folks who kind of think out of the box, who may have a different approach or who may be better storytellers. So we feel like um, giving folks a question gives them a better opportunity um, to prepare for the interview. And in my observation, I've seen the performance in interviews dramatically improve. The dialogue between the panel and the applicant are much more rich when folks have a moment to prepare and gather their thoughts. Well, let's talk about how to find an inclusive workplace. And I know one of the first steps you recommend for job seekers is to know yourself. Why, why is this important, Victor? Yeah, this is the most critical part of the search is knowing yourself. You need to know your why. Um, why is finding an inclusive workplace important to you as an individual? What do you believe in? What do you value? What are your non-negotiables? All of these questions get to what is your authenticity. And for organizations who are really truly committed to inclusion this is going to be a priority for them. Um, and it's definitely going to be a part of their hiring decision. So candidates really need to know, ex do their self-exploration. Why, why does this matter to them in the long run? What are some exercises you might suggest to get the answers to those questions? I feel like it's really kind of an introspective um, opportunity for folks. I, I don't know if there's a prescribed way, but it Definitely is something that folks need to spend the time asking themselves those couple of questions that I just named um, prior to saying that an inclusive workplace is their priority. Well, let's pause here, Victor. I want to take a break. And when we come back, I'd like to dig in a little more about uh, ways to get to know yourself better in order to 
prepare to find that inclusive workplace. And uh, and I know there are some other steps you recommend as well. So stay with us. When we come back, Victor Cato will continue to share his advice on how to find an inclusive workplace. You've probably asked friends to read your resume, but have you asked a resume writer? Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. An expert at top resume will review your resume for free. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. You'll get tips to make your resume better right away. And if you don't want to fix your resume yourself, you can hire top resume to do it for you. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Now let's get back to the show. We're back in the Max List studio. I'm talking with Victor Cato. He's the talent acquisition and retention manager for the Northwest Regional Education Service District. And Victor joins us from Portland, Oregon. Now, Victor, before the break, we were talking about, you know, the first step you need to take to find an inclusive workplace, knowing yourself. Um, and we had talked about some questions that you should ask yourself. Any other steps that you recommend to get clear about uh, knowing yourself and uh, as, as you uh, get ready to look for that inclusive workplace? Yeah, um, a lot of DEI work is so relational. Um, and so I would recommend to someone also is to perhaps consider doing those emotional intelligence assessments. Um, to be, when you're in an inclusive space, you're going to have a lot of different diverse cultures. So cultural intelligence and emotional intelligence is going to be really important in an applicant and how they navigate that space. Um, and so those are two tools that I think could help um, getting to know yourself a little bit better. Now, the second step you recommend a job seeker take is to know the organizations where you want to work. What do you need to know exactly here, Victor? Oh, my goodness. Mac, you need to know almost everything about them. <laughs> but particularly, you want to know what DEI work the organization has already done or what they are doing. Um, what is their commitment? Um, you do not want to work in an organization that has only done superficial work. They've only passed out a statement or they've used the, um, diverse stock photos on their website. You got to look for more. All of that smoke and mirror. Um, I always recommend folks critically review the mission, the, their vision, the values, um, the uh, strategic plan, and ask yourself, do these align with my values and beliefs? That's why I suggested in that first step is really getting to know yourself, um, who you are authentically. Because that way, when you get to know the organization, you're better prepared and um, determining whether, you, whether or not you align. Um, a couple of look-fors, I think, are, does the organization have an um, ERG or employee resource group? Um, who are their partners? Who does the organization traditionally partner with? And how does the company or organization serve? Who, who is its target audience um, or target population? And another piece, which might not be very easy to locate, but it's worth the dig, is to look at some of the, the company policy. Policy is the codification of DEI work. Um, that's how we operationalize it. And so being able to see what policies are already on the books for them gives you an indication of how really dialed in this organization is on this area prior to even being employed there. 
Additionally, I think you can talk to BIPOC employees. Some of this information you can get from looking at a website, the mission statement, vision, and values often. Uh, what about, and you can certainly find employees by looking at LinkedIn. What are some other research methods you uh, would recommend uh, to get answers to these questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the LinkedIn one is definitely a good one. Um, again, talking to employees, um, current employees and former employees is always a good strategy. But the other thing, too, is remember, interviews are a two-way street. It's not just about the applicant, uh, about the company getting to know the applicant, but also the applicant getting to know the company. So here's an opportunity for an applicant to really ask questions about the organization's DEI work, especially if it's not obvious. They need to be comfortable seeking that information. What kinds of questions do you recommend asking in the interview process? Mm-hmm. Exactly what those look for is are, are, tell me about your employee resource groups. How, as an employee who's committed to inclusion, how will I feel supported um, in the organization? Um, what's our strategic priorities? If those aren't clear, asking about those sorts of things. Do you have suggestions about the timing for asking these questions? Is this something you might bring up in a phone screener or should you wait until further along in the process? Um, Typically with phone screens, those are a a more brief kind of a get to know you um, opportunity. So I don't know if that's necessarily the appropriate space. I think you'd want to wait until probably a first round, maybe an in-person interview where you have a little bit more time. And traditionally interviews typically close with, an opportunity for the applicant to ask questions. And that, that's where you would want to do that. As you listen to the answers, uh, Victor, what kind of information might signal to you that this is indeed an inclusive workplace? And what kind of answers might signal to you that there's a lot of work to be done? Yeah, I think the, easy, the second one is probably easier. Um, if, if you sense that the the panel is stumbling through these questions and are reaching um, That's probably a good indication that the work um, may not be in place as well as we'd like for it to be, or at least there's an opportunity to grow there. And is that a deal breaker if you're an applicant? Uh, Or does this go back to your earlier points about getting clear about your values and what matters to you? I think it could be a deal breaker for folks. Um, I can be transparent and say that I've left an organization before. because I didn't feel like our values aligned. And so, and it's not an easy decision for any person. And that's why I strongly encourage folks to really do their research on the front end and get to know who you're about to engage with in that level. You spend a lot of time at work. You want to be um, fulfilled. You want to be passionate about it. And you want to be supported. Um, and so if at any, if, as soon as you get any indication that those that none of that's going to happen for you, then you need to ask, do I really want to proceed with this? You mentioned earlier reaching out to BIPOC employees at an organization or employees in general, mm-hmm. um, as well as former employees. What's the best way to approach uh, people to, to explore this question? Yeah, that's a tricky part, and it, it's so situational. Um I, I truly believe LinkedIn is a great opportunity for folks to kind of explore and get to know um, the folks that work at a company, not necessarily the company, but the folks that work there. Um, and so making those connections um, are, are a good, easy way and an efficient way to do it. Um, 
if you have more um, familiarity or access, I'll say access, to staff, either former or current, then it's just a matter of, you know, sending a message and making the request. Um, oh, it's a coffee conversation. It's not a formal interview. I, I don't think it's necessarily a formal informational interview or anything like that, but it's just a conversation with folks because you really want their honest reflection. So you found an inclusive workplace and you get a job there. Is your journey over, Victor? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's really kind of just beginning in some ways. I, I think it's important for the applicant to be at this point, they're a new employee, to be open um, to what they might experience. Um, even though we can we do a lot of research and find out a lot about these companies before we actually work for them, it's still not the same as actually being entrenched in their culture um, and, and experiencing the organization from the inside on a daily basis. Um, and I, it's important that applicants be able to acknowledge that there might be a disconnect there. The organization might not be quite as far along as they thought. Um, there is a continuum, which I think I'll mention a little bit later, but the, you, you have to understand that that equity work is a journey. And again, it takes a lot of time um, and effort for an organization to transform its culture. So you got to afford some grace there. And the same way we do with our colleagues um, who may not be as far along on their equity journey. As a new employee, what, what does that grace look like? What, what kind of uh, behavior does, form do, does it take? Well, when you know your own purpose and your values, it becomes much easier for you to navigate that space. And, so it, and it depends on kind of what the observation is. If it's something grossly out of alignment with, um, as a new employee, your values, then that could be problematic. But if it's something more so around like professional development, you're not pleased with the professional development options or a specific policy you, you might feel has a... Um, unfair impact um, to some employees, that could be something that may have just been overlooked. And so here's where when you know yourself, your authentic self, you could have an opportunity to lead in this space. That's, I think, another piece of that is the, the employee needs to feel comfortable actually going on this journey. And then sometimes not just being a team, a, a team member, a team leader in some of these, in some of this work. What can particularly a new employee, but, but every worker do to contribute to that inclusivity in the workplace? You know, we really, I, I think one of the biggest barriers, I think, to diverse hiring that I've seen over the years when we bring a new hire in is the microaggression sometimes that um, they experience. And again, when you know, like a microaggression isn't something that's always intentional, it's very unintentional, um, but it's, it's those small things. It's that unawareness. And I, I fully acknowledge you don't know what you don't know. So that's why it's important for the individual employee to really read a book, read a study, like watch a document, do something to educate yourself um, around this work if it's really important to you. And when you have the opportunity to engage professionally in it, take it. You talked about reading books and but if as a new employee and someone inside the organization what are other steps that you can take uh, as you make this journey 
as a new employee, you need to take advantage of whatever um, offerings are already out there. And so a lot of companies now are really invested in professional learning and DEI and so and, and making it a part of kind of their required trainings, or at least that's what we're seeing in the education space. Um, for the new employee, they need to actually take advantage of those opportunities to continue growing and developing. Again, thinking about what has led up to this placement at this organization, they were already on a reflective journey. They've already asked themselves all of these hard questions, but it doesn't stop there. You got to keep growing. So if there's any piece of advice in that area, I would tell them to keep growing, take advantage of every opportunity that's afforded to you in that area. Well, it's been a terrific conversation, Victor. Now tell us what's next for you. Yeah. Um, Northwest Regional has invested a lot of resources um, in recruiting a diverse workforce because we've realized that to leverage our strategic plan and our strategic goals and really living up to being a multicultural, anti-racist organization, we got to have a diverse workforce for that. And so I would love to encourage our listeners to um, consider applying for us. Take, give, give Northwest Regional a look. Um, we have way more jobs than just education. Terrific. I know people can learn more about your organization and your work by visiting your website, but also I know you encourage listeners to connect with you on LinkedIn. Uh, and I, I hope when they do so, they'll mention they heard you on the show. Now, Victor, given all the useful tips you've shared today, what's the one thing you want a listener to remember about how to find an inclusive workplace? It's not necessarily about the workplace as much as it is about you. So I'll go back to where we started. Know yourself. Know your why. Why is this important to you? If there's any takeaway from today, that's what I want that um, job seeker to, to think about. Make sure you never miss an episode of Find Your Dream Job. Subscribe to our free podcast newsletter. You'll get information about our guests and transcripts of every show. Go to maxlist.org slash show notes. Again, that's maxlist.org slash show notes. Next week, our guest will be Brad Minton. He's a career coach, certified resume writer, and the co-host of the Your Career GPS podcast. Many introverts struggle with networking. Brad says, Extroversion isn't the only way to be successful. In fact, he believes introversion can give you an edge in a job search. Join us next Wednesday when Brad Minton and I talk about how introverts can take the work out of networking. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.